What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is Rock is a Hard Place, our podcast where we feature independent bands and all of the struggles that, that go into making it in this business. And this time around, we are talking with Taki Cesaris, lead vocalist for Eve to Adam. How are you doing? Good. How are you, man? Pleasure to talk with you. I, I'm fantastic. And just reading about you guys, I think you kind of fit this podcast perfectly because it sounds like you most likely have gone through uh, quite a bit in your career when I first looked you guys up, I'm like, well, I get, cause I've heard of you before. And I'm like, well, my guess, my gut was probably going to, well, maybe they've been around five or 10 years, but I'm like, wait a minute, since 97? Holy cow. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they, that's kind of an incorrect listing, I think, from, um, original biography that was a little bit premature, I'd say. But I mean, we like to list our official, like, born on date, if you will, like 2001. Okay. But that's still pretty almost, almost 20 years, you know? So it's, uh, and in the music business, 20 years is, you know, a hundred. So <laughs> it's, uh, with what you go through just trying to get out there. Well, well, let's get a little back history about the band. Maybe tell me about who is in the band now, and then we can kind of get into how you guys got started. Yeah. Well, uh, uh originally I'm the, um, I'm the founder and obviously, and so I'm, I'm the, uh, the original member that's in the current lineup. Um, and I'm joined with some, some incredible guys from here in central Florida. Um, got a great, great drummer named Jeff Rains. Um, who's from here in the local area from Orlando. Um, and, uh, and on bass, I've got Mr. Island Nathaniel, who's from the Tampa area. So they pretty much cover the central, central part of the state, the I-4 corridor, as I like to call it. And, um, and also we've got an awesome guitar player from Boston named Damien Bergeron, who has been part of the touring lineup recently. So, um, we, that's the current lineup of Eve to Adam and, We've been having a great time making music again, you know. So it's it's a it's a crazy ride, you know, being in a band today, especially in the modern age, with all the advent of new technology and stuff. So trying to find the right chemistry of, of people is is very difficult, but also trying to find the people that want to do it for the right reasons and really love music and love performing, despite everything they know about the current state of uh, music business, is is certainly a challenge. So I, I feel very blessed in, in the last. Two years, uh, one of the reasons I decided to get back into it and, and continue touring and putting out another record and whatnot was because of the guys I'm playing with. Um, it kind of renewed my motivation and, and, and made it fun again, you know, because uh, it's got to be fun. If it's not fun, it's really a lot of work and a lot of heartache for nothing, you know. So the payoff really is the quest and the enjoyment of that quest, you know. So tell me about how this started. You got underway, and then you took a break for a little while. How how did this all kind of 
start. Well, Locked and Loaded was our breakthrough record, really. Um, you know, we were, we've been on a national scope of scene since like 2008, 2007. Mm-hmm. We put out a record called Queens to Eden. It was through an EMI uh, imprint. And we toured with like Chris Daughtry and we toured with a lot of bands, Crossfades, Mountain Soul, um, the Xyz. We did quite a bit of national touring, first time playing festivals and whatnot. So uh, we were grinding basically from 07 through to about 2011. We signed with a with a label out of New York City called Three for Five, and we were lucky enough to, to make the record Banquet for a Starving Dog with Paul Lanny, who was the second producer, um, the second time we worked with him, rather. We worked with him on Queens to Eden as well, and then we make Locked and Loaded with with uh, with Elvis Basquette in 2013. But from 2011 to 2013, we did a, a lot of touring, um, and we we had a pretty good exposure to radio. We had some decent uh, traction with a song called Run Your Mouth, mm-hmm. and um, it was a record that kind of put us on the map. Uh, you know, moved us a little farther up the scope of of uh, of class of bands, so to speak. And but Locked and Loaded was really the album that we kind of culminated uh, all of our experience up to that point with a, with a killer group of producers and came up with the songs you know Straight Jacket Supermodel and Immortal uh, and the, and obviously the title track Locked and Loaded which that took us to the next level and it's interesting you fight for something you fight for a moment and then the moment comes and it's not exactly what you hoped for <laughs> and it really has a lot to do with the people you're with you know the team you assemble and it's uh, sometimes music can go from being the dream to becoming a nightmare. And it, that's what kind of happened to me. Was, uh, the thing I was really in it for was the, kind of had it evaporated in front of me, the fun of it and um, all, all the passion and, and the things that I really originally enjoyed turned around into a, you know, a really toxic environment of people you didn't really want to be around. Uh, business so, people and uh, yeah. band members alike. So, for me, I, I, I kind of got burnt out 2014, uh, late 2014 after doing just nonstop tour cycle, you know, which is really evident of the atmosphere for musicians today really, uh, to make, make a name and move, your, move yourself up the ranks and make any sort of money. You really kind of, you got to be grinding constantly, you know, and it's an incredible ride, but it takes its toll. Mm-hmm. It took its toll on me. So I walked away for a little while try to get my head straight and uh, kind of get centered again because if you're not in the right frame of mind and your heart's not in it, the audience knows. So, so what was the what was the decision to go, yeah, I want to do this again? What happened? Just change of personnel, change in management, maybe change in both, and now you're like, okay, this looks good again? Yeah, uh, definitely. I had to clean house and, and just get some time, you know, time away. Uh, you know, the kind of situations that uh, we found ourselves in, it's just, like I said, this constant cycle of pressure and, you know, incessant, uh, you know, demand to, to be out there, you know, it takes, it takes a toll on you mentally, you know, as as it does physically. But I was just uh, not in the right place, you know, and I being burnt out, you know, when you're not personally censored or happy, you know, the music business can bring out the worst in you. Yeah. And I just didn't, I didn't want to be that person anymore. I didn't want to feel like that. So a combination of finding, yeah, new inspiration with new people. Um, and, and also, you know, assembling a, a team of people that wanted to continue pushing Eve to Adam, uh, you know, with the right 
chemistry and right atmosphere, right attitude, you know, helped renew my faith and and kind of um, I, I rediscovered the joy of it again. You know, it's really getting back to basics, trying to reconnect with the original motivations for why I wanted to do it and why, why I got into music in the first place, which is really release, personal journey and exploration, you know, and, and the motivation to perform, you know, that connection with an audience and the moments on stage um, are really everything. You know, it's a very unique experience, and a unique relationship you have as an artist with an audience, you know, especially with a group of people that, admire or respect what you've done and have taken your music and lived to it and fought personal journeys and, 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 and wars, so to speak, you know, through your, with your soundtrack that now has become their soundtrack. So yeah, I think I was blessed in the sense that we wrote some really cool stuff, you know, that, that held up, you know, and time is an incredible barometer of your work, you know, how it ages and how people, you know, use it in their own life and their own existence, you know, and, and, and it's, um, it's weight or worth in their own personal journey mm-hmm. it helps to, you know, evaluate where, what your contribution is, you know, where you stand. And, uh, there was a lot of people that really wanted the music to, to live on. And, you know, I was very, it's, it's a, that's a great feeling, you know, and that's very, that it issues you a lot of renewal in itself, you know, so, you know, combination of a lot of things. I'm very blessed to have a great team now, you know, of people that are very supportive in the, in the right ways, you know, and, and, and care about the artists. You know, that's one thing that gets lost. Yeah, that goes a long way. People, people forget it's a human element. You know, we're just people at the end of the day and we, we go through everything everyone else goes through, if not more because it's because of the kind of intensity that these cycles produce. So having a manager that actually cares about me, (laughs) Is a really big deal, which I never had that before. That so does help, yeah, I'm sure. It's a big. That's a big deal, especially if you're going to make music and, you know, make good music, you know, and, and be in the right, you know, frame of mind and, and health and and energy scope to to contribute. You know, uh, it's not. For me, I just didn't want to do it if it wasn't going to be done well, you know, and done right, and with a team that, if we were lucky enough to get to a place again where people would be talking about us you know, in the right, in the right frame of mind that we could do it, you know, that we could, when, when, it, when the pressure started to mount, that we, that it would hold up, you know? And so here we are 18 months after signing with curtain call records. And after I was approached by John Coons, uh, you know, to, to take over management and, and, and really, um, he really, he really loved the record that we had made. And I felt that it hadn't really been exposed. Right. And we just wanted a chance for it to be heard. We worked really hard. It was another album we made with Michael Elvis Basquette put a lot of work and time and sacrifice into it. And, um, I felt they deserved a shot. And he came to me with, um, with a, with a really great proposal and, you know, the right reasons to want to do it, you know, and very supportive. Him and his wife are really cool people, you know, and they're really in it for the music and they care about the bands. So that's huge. It was something easy for me to say, you know, yeah, let's, let's, Let's go at it one more time, you know, and in the process as well, Curtain Call has an interesting, you know, modern ethos of, of trying to help young, young artists. And that's something that I'm, you know, I'm passionate about, you know, I like to pay it forward, you know, rock and roll, you know, has been a religion, so to speak for me in a sanctuary, you know, uh, saved my life in a lot of ways. And, um, I just want to make sure that it endures and for that to happen, you know, young artists need a shot. 
you know, and a chance to, to continue and a chance to, to be heard. So in pushing Eve to Adam, I'm, I'm helping other artists as well, which is something I feel good about. Helps yeah. me pay forward and, you know, and pay back some of the opportunities that I've been given. So it's, it's a cycle and it's something that I, you know, it, it's fulfilling and it's nourishing in, in a lot of different ways. So I'm it's sure. a healthy place instead of being in a, uh, a negative place. I'm sure some of these things have been, a little frustration has probably affected your own personal life away from music. But with that said, you probably also got a lot of support from somebody in your life to kind of be behind your back and say, yeah, keep doing this. Yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, you know, artists are incredibly insecure and, and fragile people mentally, you know, a lot of the times, you know, we're very manic personalities, you know, so, and, and this, this, experience is a very manic experience you know you, you go from being on top of the world when you're performing in front of awesome crowds and that adulation you know pours over you and, and it makes you feel invincible you know but then there's the, there's the drops as well so having a foundation and and of people there to kind of catch you and make sure you stay within the borders <laughs> of sanity mm-hmm. is important you know, and it, it's very comforting yeah. to know that there's somebody there to catch you because, you, you know, you fall from 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 high spots sometimes, you know. Well, well um, I tell you what, Taki, this the latest album, which I think has been out almost a year, this yes, whole sir. thing, this whole thing beginning to end is just a terrific album. If people haven't heard Eve to Adam yet or this album yet, please, by all means, check this out, because I think this album, I think there are what, 11, maybe 11 tracks on there. Killer stuff beginning to end. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate you saying that. It, it, it's really, it is a great, it's an album, solid album, you know. Uh, not a lot of people are doing that anymore. Um, there's a lot of great new music out there, but I think the art form of the album is something that's almost lost on, on a certain group. Um, but it's something I still believe in, you know. That's what really got me into this, is listening to great records and believing in the fact that the material has to have some has to coalesce and it's a journey that should be, you know, from beginning to end, so to speak, some of the greatest records. I mean, when you listen to them, whether it's Appetite for Destruction and Dark Side of the Moon, um, you know, insert a Led Zeppelin record, uh, Van Halen one, two. I mean, it's a trip, you know, and this one uh, is. it sets a tone, it sets a spell, so to speak, you know, and I think that it's, a, it's still a very powerful statement. It's not easy to make, great albums. I mean, I've been blessed to work with some awesome producers, Paul Lanny being one of them. And then Michael Elvis Basquiat, who's just a, you know, a superstar talent, but a very grounded, you know, honest, you know, great man, you know, who's, who's also an incredible artist in his own right, you know, so to, to have that kind of assistance in, in painting on a canvas that size and, and trying to make things uh, as honest and as real as possible is, you know, it's necessary, you know, it's, uh, it's not easy to build these kind of cathedrals by yourself, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the greatest artists that have had the, the kind of notoriety and legacy have always had that kind of foundation as well, which is really my biggest gripe with where things are at, you know, it just, you know, artists deserve the chance for their, the sound to be captured as well as possible. And it's not that you can't do it on your own, <clears throat> but it only, I think gets better when you have great collaboration with other brilliant people in a room all working together on one statement, one kind of, you know, landmark thing. And right. yep. I think that Ithaca is that statement for us. You know, it's, it's a mature album and kind of a, um, a beacon of, 
where we've been and where we're hoping to go. And it's really about making sure that we're so focused on destinations today that we forego the journey and not, not to lose out on the little things. And because sometimes they just, you know, nothing lasts forever. We'd like to think they do we live in a digital landscape now where things almost like time is not really, really relevant. Some say in some instances, right. But it, well, that's but, true. You yeah. know, I, I didn't want to, t- I didn't want to, I didn't want to miss out on things that I missed out before on. So for me, this second time through has been really, um, appreciating everything and making sure to live in the moment and making the most of things because, you know, you take things for granted and they don't, they don't come back. So, you know, it, the journey is as important as, as the objective, you know, if not more so, because it teaches you so much about yourself, about life, and about what, what to do. You know, what are the right decisions? You know, how do you become a better person? How do you keep growing? How do you stay in the fight? Life is complicated today. It's not easy. You know, people are searching for answers, and there's not a lot of answers out there, really, that are clean and clear-cut. Music still serves a purpose in that, uh, more so than ever, I think. You know, it's a place where Amen. people go yeah. to to find answers about themselves. And it's still a place where I go to, to find out things for, you know, about my life and what I'm doing and, and where, where to go from here, you know? So if I've left a couple of roadmaps along the way that, you know, people also admire and, and listen to, and then I've done my job and I'm proud of that aspect for sure. Well, you know. we're talking with Taki from uh, Eve to Adam, and I I like the journey that this album takes you on. There's some more intense songs, content-wise, and I'll, I'll ask you about Altitude here in just a second, which is the sure. new release. But there's some other fun ones, too, like Lucky. I think Lucky's just fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, that was a fun, it's a really fun song. I mean, try to, we try to put a lot of different vibes on the, on the album as much as we can, you know, um, try to have some diversity. You know, Day Drinking is another one that was kind of a goofball, you know, kind of end of end of yeah. session writer uh, session that, that turned into that song. You know, it was kind of tongue in cheek and almost like a release from the heavier emotional content of the album. And, that, you know, and we jammed a lot of stuff into about a seven week period. So coming to the end of a seven week period when you're making an album, you know, you're emotionally spent and, you know, you, you've just given everything you got. So when you, you have a little bit of levity and, some, some kind of laughter or comedy, so to speak. I mean, wasn't a serious song, but it turned out to be a song that, you know, became a lot of fun to create and then to perform live and, you know, just have people embrace it, you know, as kind of a party song or a song you enjoy with your friends, you know, about the good times, you know, and about uh, checking out, <laughs> That's right. um, you know, from all the pressures and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, look, you never know how this goes, you know, you put in everything you can and sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I'm proud of being here and speaking with you right now. You know, that's a testament to the fact that we're doing something right and, you know, we're just trying to prove it every day. I mean, every tour, every show, whatever it is, you put your best foot forward and you try to give everything you got to your fans, to the, to the show, you know, to the song. You know, you have to serve. I mean, either way, it's your job. You have to respect it, otherwise people, other people won't. Tell me about Altitude. This is the new release, and I like this track. This one's a little more intense. Free from me. Is it no more pain from a relationship or a situation? Uh, you know, personal, you know, your own personal prison, you know, all the things that keep you back from maybe fulfilling mm-hmm. your potential, you know, and the personal heartaches that come with, you know, everybody's 
chemistry and makeup. You know, we all have our idiosyncrasies and demons, you know, things that we wish we could be better at or be free from, you know, there's a lot of, um, captivity, you know, emotional captivity, anxieties, you know, uh, imagine what you could be if you were free from the things that hold you back mm -hmm. from taking chances to fulfill opportunities and maximize your potential, you know, finding some peace and headspace, um, some peace from all the noise that surrounds this modern life, you know? So it's, it's really kind of reaching sanctuary, fighting for that and knowing that when you have it, not to lose it because there's things around us that are constantly trying to steal that from us. So, you know, if you're lucky enough to get there, you know, try never to leave. We're talking with Taki from Eve to Adam. And just talking, I, I just, I love your passion about what you're doing. I, I would think that, and I haven't seen you live yet, but I, I would imagine that after you get done with the show, maybe probably one of the most favorite things is maybe talking with fans after the show. Love it. Love it. It's, uh, it's something we really enjoy. You know, we don't, uh, we're not one of the bands that are doing like the organized meet and greets at this point. You know, we tried them for a little while, just something about it. I think it's got to be a really special experience. Just hasn't come together the right way that I would think would be something that I would want to pay extra money for or whatnot. So I like to keep it more organic and um, hang out at the merch booth or at the bar at the end of the night, whether playing a theater or a club, you know, and allow it to be a real natural experience you know i like talking to fans because um you know it's it's a mutual respect you know uh, not only that they like our band but they support music and they dedicate themselves in a lot of ways the same way musicians do you know they travel um they support they donate they dedicate their time you know there's a lot of sacrifice involved so that requires a lot of respect and i enjoy learning from them as well about the things that they love about our band and other bands they're passionate about and things that are going on in their lives you know as a writer yeah it's important to absorb all these things and to keep a um, a grounded open scope of what's going on around you you know who we are as people and and as music lovers you know and where we want to go together so it's a great opportunity to accomplish all of that and you also along the lines you mean you meet some really great interesting people i think that's probably the greatest the best part of this life is um you're you're rich in experiences and in relationships with people that you meet that otherwise you probably wouldn't have and for me that's been the greatest attribute of of being a musician and and, and following the artist's life you know it's uh it puts you in situations that you otherwise wouldn't have. And I'm grateful for those because it makes my life interesting and it, it keeps it, <laughs> it keeps it exciting. There's no doubt, you know, um, it's never a dull moment. And that's something that I'm grateful for because, um, I do have a lot of friends that are envious of that notion and the fact that it's an adventure and that you never know where it will lead. So there's really no mediocrity in it. Um, and that's something that, you know, it's by design. How did you get into music? What, what was the song? What was the situation where you go, you know what? I can do this. All right. Well, I have a desire. How young were you? And what was the first song you remember recording and or performing when you were a kid? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's crazy. Give, um, yeah. Let me know. It was, what? Talent, it was a talent show. Talent show. I was in eighth grade. I, was, I think it was Poison's Nothing But a Good Time. <laughs> That's honest. absolutely so outstanding. It came, it came from that place. I grew up, uh, you know, listening to power metal and thrash metal, hair metal, 
hard rock, all this kind of stuff, ACDC, Guns N' Roses, um, Iron Maiden, early Metallica, um, Megadeth, you know, and then of course is the advent and the explosion of MTV, you know, 42, so the classic golden era of, you know, MTV where you had, uh, you know, hard rock and metal, headbangers ball, it was a cultural thing, mm-hmm. you know, and you couldn't wait to, to watch headbangers ball, see who was on the show, you know, it's, I, I mean, I remember the first time I saw Guns N' Roses, Welcome to the Jungle, you know, and I, I remember the first time I really wanted to sing was combination between Axl Rose and James Hetfield, really, seeing James Hetfield live, you know, um, and, and then obviously, you know, Axl Rose's his amazing ability as a front man, as a singer, you know, to capture an emotional, you know, uh, just moment. I mean, just, you know, it really, it, it captivated me as, as, as a kid, so... You know, from there it was going into high school and, and grunge exploded, you know, and Soundgarden, mm-hmm. Alice in Chains, Tool, um, STP, so many bands. I, I was in high school. I mean, every day I would drive into the parking lot, it was a different band breaking on radio. And it was like, oh, just no, an no. incredible time, you know, because it was quality. It was interesting, exciting. You know, you had Lollapalooza, all this kind of stuff, oh, God, diversity yeah. Yeah. and lineup. You know, you had Fishbone and <laughs> into Pearl Jam, into Red Hot Chili Peppers, into Nine Inch Nails, you know. It was just, it was exciting. It was different. So was when, fresh. So when you were singing the Poison song, did you, prior to that, go get some hairspray and poof your hair up good? Yeah, no, not really. We didn't really have the look. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually was playing guitar at the time, so I had a really crazy uh, BC Rich Warlock. It was just, uh, it looked like something out of C.C. DeVille's closet. And uh, it was, it was, it was pretty much a train wreck, but. But it was it was that, that was our first foray into it. But you know, from there I went into playing in cover bands and doing stuff like Z- White Zombie and Faith No More and you know Megadeth stuff like that. I mean, we were covering all kinds of stuff, playing high school parties, you know. And um, I played bass. The reason I got into singing was <laughs> we never could find a singer. Uh, it was always a, it was just the worst experience, you know. It was guys that had the look, that were cool, but they really couldn't sing, or guys that could sing but didn't really have the vibe, or maybe neither of the of the above. <laughs> So out of frustration, I started taking vocal lessons and always kind of could sing. I come from a bit of a musical family on my mom's side. So it was something I embraced and worked at it, really. I cut lawns and washed cars to pay for my vocal lessons with an awesome coach from Manhattan School of Music. You know, I studied classically and he taught people like Midnight from Crimson Glory and a lot of kind of operatic metal style, you know. Got into Dream Theater and things of that nature. Went to music school um, down at the University of Miami. So, but I always really admired songwriters and and records, you know, hit records, you know. So, so that kind of propelled me to, you know, become better at that and, 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 and strive to, you know, craft out my own kind of style. So it's been, you know, all these elements along a journey, you know, that uh, have been chronicled through the development of the band. And, you know, it's always, I've always been just in this band. I mean, I've been known from this band, you know. So it's from the beginning. It's been, it's been a passion, a uh, labor passion, you know, and, uh, you know, it's been uh, an incredible ride. <laughs> so, and it continues to be. And I'm very happy to be here talking to you and talking to our fans and other people that love hard rock and metal as much as I do. You know, it's, uh, the, yeah. I think, the most dedicated genre of, of, of people in all of music. Indeed. You know, except for maybe jazz, because <laughs> those guys are really dedicated. If you're still in jazz, then my hat's off to you, because that's, that's legit. Yeah, that's cool too. <laughs> but yeah, hard no rock and metal is like, you know, it's, it's, it's an army of um, incredibly strong, passionate and emotional people that, uh, you know, fight for and defend this, this, this sound 
which is very powerful and very important. We're talking proud with, to be part of it. We're talking with Taki, lead singer from Eve to Adam. What's next for the band? Well, we are going back in the studio here in a few weeks, um, start making some new new music. Um, as far as also, we're about to make a video for Altitude, which we're really excited about. We're going to be shooting it right here in Tampa, Florida uh, at the end of the month. And then we are preparing to go out on the road uh, with Queensryche and John Five in uh, January and February of, of 2020. We're doing 30 shows coast to coast with a band that is a legendary band. I mean, Jeff Tate is a, is a singer that Mm-hmm. you know, got me into singing as well. And, and really, you know, you want to talk about powerful and talented, you know, I've, I've loved Queens since I was probably 12 years old, 13 operation mind crime used to play on my CD player incessantly. And then empire was, uh, you know, I could tell you how many times I did my homework to that record. Um, you know, I, so it, it's an honor, you know, to be the opening act on, on a tour with such legends and people we have such admiration and respect for John five, I mean, uh, if you don't know who he is, I don't know where you've been. Man. You know, he's uh, one of the greatest he's, guitar players in the genius, modern era yeah. right now. He's a genius, really. And yeah. he's got a phenomenal live project that is um, it's just it's a, out of this world. So, uh, you know, our work's cut out for us, but uh, we feel pretty strong about being a, a good opener for this. And we're going to have a lot of fun doing it and make some new friends. Taki, thanks. Taki, thank you so much for your time. And I know Eve Adam is all over the place on social media. And go to iTunes, buy this new album. Thank you so much for your time. And hopefully, we'll we'll see you down the road at some point. Dude, I appreciate it. I hope we get a chance to check back in when when we're actually on tour with Queensrÿche. We'd love to do a, um, a from the road excerpt if you're interested. I would absolutely love that. This is Rock is a Hard Place, our podcast featuring bands that and independent bands kind of trying to make it in the world of music and it it is difficult and thank you so much for your time and we would absolutely love to do another segment when you guys get out on the road dude i appreciate it man you rock thanks for doing everything you do